At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Friends to Infertility and Me podcast, a safe space created with the silent sufferer in mind. I Am Podcast is dedicated to infertility advocacy and sharing diverse stories to help you feel validated, seen, and heard. I am your host, Monique Farouk, and I am one in eight two. Healing is best when done together. Could you please do me the honor of leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple iTunes? This will increase our show's ranking and reach more friends who may be silently suffering with infertility too. We're stronger together, staying connected, getting plugged in. Thank you so much, friends, for tuning into Infertility and Me podcast. It is your host, Monique Farouk, with another episode on this lovely, lovely day. And I appreciate you for hitting that download button, that listen button, and tuning in. Thank you for all of uh, the subscribers to the podcast. I appreciate you guys. We are a year and a half strong in this thing. And so I just hope to continuously bring you more content um, throughout the summertime as much as I can. I will be going through a move very, very shortly here um, and selling my current home and moving into a new one. And so I'm not quite sure what it's going to look like for recordings from here on out and how many episodes I will be able to release in the coming months and weeks. So I will keep you guys updated on that. And But you can always, always, always connect with me on Instagram, no matter what episodes or not. I will be always on Instagram um, continuously 
creating content and being involved in things to help you feel less alone along your path to parenthood. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Infertility and Me Podcast, as well as on Facebook at Infertility and Me Podcast. And if you like to be a guest publicly and or anonymously, you can email me at infertility and me at outlook.com. And as you guys know, I am a work from home mama, stay at home mom. So you may hear Omar from time to time in the back room, in the bathroom, in the background. And so I apologize in advance if it's too much noise for you. Today's episode is with our anonymous friend who is single and trying to conceive. And she is just so brave for coming on the show today and speaking about her path to mother. She has done about four or five IUIs and possibly moving into IVF later this year towards the end of the summer because the country that she lives in has put a hold on some of the fertility treatments and such like that. And so she wouldn't be able to move forward until in this late summer for IVF, but she's in the midst right now in the thick of deciding if she will uh, do another IUI, a six one or go straight into IVF next but she has been on this path for quite some time she tells us today how long she's been on her in her path to motherhood and what it's been like you know prior to trying to conceive dating and finding love and she's also sharing with us today her path to healing through all of this and healing old wounds and traumas to prepare for her life or whatever that means from here on out and she's been on this path for quite some time and so um just i thank you friends for being here with us and we'll be right back with our anonymous friend of today thank you thank you so much for coming on the podcast and being so willing to share your story i know it's not easy and um you know you're you're in the thick of, of it all and making decisions and stuff like that so i appreciate you giving me some time today well i appreciate uh you taking the time to sh- to allow us to share these stories uh it's it's it can be pretty lonely so it's it's nice to hear stories that you recognize and i feel honored to be able to share mine as well so tell me a little bit about you and how and how you got to the point of wanting to be able to be a mom and possibly doing that um, as a single mom? Well, I don't think I've ever had any doubts about wanting to be a mother as far as as far back as I can remember. I always wanted to have kids. And um, I I started out wanting to have like seven kids. I love the sound of music. So I think maybe that's what inspired me. Um, And then the number kind of decreased as I got older and started realizing that it would take a lot of time and effort. And um, so I always knew that I would like to have kids. Unfortunately, unfortunately, um, the man that I thought I was supposed to have these kids with just didn't show up. And uh, I've met some great men in my life, but it it just never was uh, like the right one to settle down with. And then as I got into my 30s, it seemed like everybody was like, 
married off anyway. Like a, a friend of mine said, now we have to wait until they get divorced and then we can find our <laughs> our husband. <laughs> so a little a little gloomy there, but yeah. Um, oh wow. Yeah, so he just he just didn't show up and I think also I I was uh I had a lot of sort of um uh trauma that I hadn't really acknowledged that I had that I needed to work through. Mm. So so that was something that I I had to be willing to look at as well. And at some point I just realized that my you know the biological click was kind of uh, the biological clock was really starting to tick a little louder and a little faster and I realized maybe if motherhood is in my future, maybe my story is going to look different from the traditional story. Yeah. And I just tried to embrace that. Did you, did it take you a long time to really come to terms with it? I, th- yeah, it, it, I think it really did because I, I actually uh, started to pursue it. Uh, I think five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I went through two cycles of IUI and, and actually stopped because I was shocked how uh, shocked at how much grief I was encountering. I had imagined that it would be this like joyful and exciting journey and like there would be a baby and my dream would come true. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden I realized that there was so much grief because it wasn't just pursuing a dream it was also um saying goodbye to the dream of having a husband by my side yeah yeah you hit the nail on the head with that one yeah i and i think the image that i kept coming back to back then was i kept seeing you know 9 months down the line me giving birth and being handed this child and then not having someone to look up at and say, this is our son, or this is our daughter. And I just needed to work through that before I could make a, a, a strong decision. So that's why I chose to stop back then. And did you seek help from professional counseling for some of your, I know you were saying about some traumas that you had, you know, from the past. And then on top of this grieving of what you thought your life as a 30 plus year old woman would look like and trying to find love and have a family and those things. Yeah. Um, at first I, I, I think I, <laughs> I'm, I've sort of grown up with this idea that I have to do everything myself and handle everything myself, uh, which has benefited me, you know, mm-hmm. as a single woman, <laughs> But it has also, I think, in some ways cut me off from something very important, you know, from help from other people. And so it took me a couple of years where I tried to work through the grief myself. And I even sought out a group of uh, uh, childless, not by choice women who were kind of on the other side of the journey, who knew that their story had not ended with a baby mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
so I sought them out and tried to work through it that way, tried to come to terms with maybe it wasn't my, it just wasn't in the cards for me to become a mother and felt like I just wasn't ready to let that go. And other things sort of transpired that actually helped me, helped me get to a point where I was ready to seek some help and work through the traumas and for the past two years I've worked very very hard and I've come such a long way and and uh yeah I feel a lot more free and a lot more strong and and uh, yeah so definitely uh, it was very valuable for me to take those years off to just kind of focus on me I just wish I'd done it sooner <laughs> really but yeah. Hind- yeah. hindsight and all of that you know <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we all we often feel like we waited too long but I, you know sometimes I think it's just at the right time you know what I mean because mm-hmm. um we're all just 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 effing winging it <laughs> you know what I'm saying and yeah. So yeah I think that to your point earlier when you were speaking about it just jogged my memory of like, you know, society says that we have to do this and this and that by this time or by this year or by this age, or that a woman is no longer valuable to a man if she's uh, a older, you know, woman over the age of 35 and then they pressure us into having children before 35 mm-hmm. because then we'll be at advanced maternal age after that. And of course there are health complications, but you know, for most women, I feel like they would take the risk if it means having an extension of themselves earthside. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely, definitely resonate with you with a lot of what you said, especially about the expectations of what we think things should look like based on our own belief systems and society, what they tell us, you know, that we yeah. should be doing at this point in our lives. And um, kudos to you for getting help. <laughs> Thank you. No small thing. That is no small thing. People go lifetimes never and never seek the outward help for whatever reasons. Mm. And um, I think that I think that what I'm thinking, what I'm hearing from you is that also you uh, had just learned to let your guard down a little bit, you know, and, and be vulnerable, if not with a whole lot of people with just that person who, you know, can give you the help you need. So I, I commend you for for doing that for yourself, because it'll be good beneficial for you and for your future children or child, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it has really taught me so much about, um, I've always been a very sensitive person, which is probably why I felt like I had to build that wall gotcha. and protect myself and, you know, do everything, handle everything myself. But I've really learned so much about, um, the, this just this amazing power of vulnerability and the softness. And I remember a friend of mine who is like a sister to me. We grew we grew up together, and she said to me, um, "Thank you for letting me in." <laughs> and this is a person who who's known me my entire life, and uh, and it was just such an amazing experience to realize that she had been uh, wanting me to let her in more and I had actually denied her that and I and I recognize that from some of my own like family systems things the comment the poor communication and so it's really I I agree I I think it's very valuable for a potential child in the future as well 
that I learn these things and let go of some of the things that are not beneficial to me as a human being. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. And so how how has going through the therapy, going through the fertility treatments, the IUIs and such, how has that all changed you? Has How has it all changed you uh, compared to who you were before? And aside from, you know, now you feeling like you're more whole grounded in uh, a woman who is uh, definitely more mindful of healing and when you need healing and when you need the help. So how are how how does that help shape you to be prepared for the possibility of a child? I love this question. I, I think there are a couple of things. I think um, one, I will say what you sort of mentioned earlier about the expectations of like society and you should have this by this age and especially with women with women um i'm in the entertainment industry so i very much lived in that space Mm -hmm. of like if you're over 30 in this business you're basically you know a has-been or you're like you're really old you know you can try to try to break into it at that age like that's like unheard of right exactly yeah absolutely it's 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 uh it's such a rough uh industry and all these weird ideas of like what women are and who they can be and who they can't be. And mm-hmm. so I've really lived in that space. And I think this journey, my fertility journey is really teaching me that I, nobody can tell me who I am. I will mm-hmm. not be put in a box. Mm-hmm. I can be whoever I choose to be. And I can be something that is different. And that's perfectly fine. You know, I have value still. Mm-hmm. And my story may not look like everybody else's story. And like, I, I kind of have this thing that I tell myself of like, you know, I, I still want the full deal. You know, I still want the kid. I still. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I want the husband. I still want the house. I still want all of it. But I, I think what this journey has taught me that is that mine may happen in a different order than what is traditional. You know, I'm, I can still get all of it, but it just might happen in a different order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's, yeah. So, I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine, dear. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love that. And so where, where are you kind of with things now? You know, um, and with the state of the country that you live in all with COVID and such. Uh, well, as far as IUI, we're lucky. Nothing's, nothing has been shut down in the private clinics. 
Uh, so that's, uh, that's still, it's still ongoing. People can still get treatments. Uh, some of the hospitals, we have fertility uh, clinics and hospitals. Uh, we have a, a, a tax-funded public health care system, uh, which is socialism at its best, guys, <laughs> <laughs> where, where you can get uh, 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 six cycles of IUI and three cycles of IVF funded by the uh, public health care system. And in the hospitals, uh, where the where the majority of the IVF is happening, they've actually had to shut some of the treatment down. So there's like a huge wait list. But in the private clinics, and I'm in a private clinic right now, uh, everything is still moving forward. So that's that part of the journey is fine, I will say. Um, but also I think what this has taught me and what, I think also sort of COVID has taught me is that, you know, I'm never going to be able to figure everything out. I can't mm -hmm. predict every possible outcome and I'm really learning to just let go and, and see where it takes me and allow myself to trust that I'll figure things out as I, as I go along. And I think, you know, if there's anything good coming out of COVID, I think that's part of it too. Like we never know. We never know. There could be a pandemic tomorrow. And then yeah. there was, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so are you planning to go to treatment anytime soon or are you still on like a hiatus? I actually started a treatments IUI back in um, November. I did my first cycle. Okay. And I am now in the two-week wait, the infamous two-week wait of my fifth cycle. And I will possibly, if it doesn't happen this time, I am moving on to IVF in August. Okay. There's a wait list, like I said. So I, mm -hmm. I won't be able to do it until August, possibly. But, right, right. but that's where I'm at right now. Um, so five cycles of IUI done. And, you know, uh, six days from now, I will be peeing on a stick <laughs> and fingers crossed. But, you know, you know mm -hmm. it's I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if this cycle weren't to work out for you, the next one, how how are you preparing yourself for the possibility of um, seeking IVF and then uh, sperm donation? Uh, I don't, I think our healthcare system may work a little bit different than, uh, yours. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, as part of the, um, the treatment that is funded by the public healthcare service, mm -hmm. uh, we also get, if it's kind of tricky, you can choose one or two ways. You can go to the public clinics which are in the hospitals. If you okay. go to the hospital and get the fertility treatment, you only have to pay for your medication. Sperm is included. <laughs> if you go to a private clinic, you have to pay for the medication and the sperm, and they you can ask them to choose one for you based on a few, um, a very few, like hair color, Eye color, height. Okay. Okay. And then if you want uh, an anonymous donor or, or an open donor, 
uh, and there's a price difference, you have to pay for the sperm yourself in the private clinics. Uh, so, so I am using a, uh, an open sperm donor, um, but they choose one for me. So I wouldn't know the identity of that person until a potential child, mm -hmm. my potential mm -hmm. child would turn 18. I would be able to okay. uh, look them up. And it's the same with the, with IVF. Gotcha. 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 Wow. 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 So have you thought about what, have you created an exit plan? I guess that's the way I want to ask you is, have you created an exit plan if it all just becomes too much? Uh, yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think what my personal, like what I call my healing journey has taught me is mm -hmm. that I, I constantly check in with myself. Like, how am I doing? How am I feeling about this? I have, like I said, you get uh, six cycles of IUI paid for, but I have actually chosen to, to not get the last one and wait for IVF instead because I felt like I, I felt stressed out. I was starting to feel stressed out about the extra, you know, spending the extra dough on the sperm and not really mm -hmm. knowing if, if the mm -hmm. eggs were even getting fertilized. You know, you don't know that with IUI. You know that with IVF, you know. Right, right. So I just decided, like, for my peace of mind and also because it's been nonstop since late October, and I'm getting really tired now. Yeah. So I need that break. So I know I can start up with IVF in August. So I'm just going to take that break for myself and really just focus on other things. And because I think that's a very important part. And I tend to, I tend to forget that. Mm -hmm. Like that's a very important part of this is like, I am the vessel. Right. <laughs> so it's important that I feel good. Yeah. But a lot of my energy is, is, you know, I use so much of my energy thinking about like, what if, what if, what if, and is something happening in there? And what if something's wrong with my eggs? Or what if this and that? And, and other things are neglected in my life. So mm -hmm. I feel like it's fine to take that break and just focus on myself for a little bit of just myself as a person and not myself as a potential mother you know yeah, yeah 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 and I think it's so hard and it's it's so hard right now with COVID and some of the restrictions and things even though you know people are starting to get vaccinated and such like that we still have a long way to go and I think it's important that we definitely take time to feel normal <laughs> you know any, yeah. any piece of moment couple of hours, an hour with a friend or something like that, or with loved ones and stuff. And um and just and just feel that normalcy. And I want to ask you as well is how are you receiving any support from family? Uh -huh. family. That's kind of a hot topic. <laughs> yeah. I always wonder about family when you're when someone is single and trying to conceive because you know, people have traditional standards, you know, they have yeah. traditional mindsets, especially when we're talking about our folks, right? They're a little older, you know, Absolutely. and um, so were, were a lot of your family and loved ones shocked when you told them that you wanted to conceive as a single? I woman? haven't, I haven't told them. Ooh, the plot thickens. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Big reveal. Okay. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. No, I actually haven't told them because, uh, 
Um, yeah, it's kind of a tough subject for me in particular in, in, in my family because I'm the oldest Uh, and I'm the only daughter. And so there's always been this expectation that, you know, I, I was the one that was going to deliver those grandbabies. Right. And, uh, it's been like an ongoing, there's been a lot of pressure. I feel like even, I feel like it's been going on since my first period, (laughs) to be honest, like, and I can remember having arguments with my mom where she was like, well, I want to be a grandma. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, this is my uterus. So you don't really get to decide that. And so for that reason and not really knowing if, you know, me telling them that would add to the pressure, I just decided to not put myself through that. And if it happens, yay, I'll look forward to sharing the news Mm -hmm. and I know they will be excited even though they probably don't really understand why I've chosen to do this as a single woman Mm -hmm. uh but if it doesn't happen then I feel like I'm protecting myself a little bit from feeling like a failure you know okay okay so but I have other support like I have my chosen family that is very strong Mm mm-hmm I'm very close with, I have a cousin who's the same age as me, and we've, she's really been my partner in crime my entire life, so she knows, and I talk to her a lot about it, I talk to my friend about it, like, who I mentioned earlier, that I, this person that I've known my entire life, and, uh, yeah, I talk to my therapist yeah. <laughs> about it, obviously, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. I have a few people that I've sort of shared this journey with and who who are supportive and mm-hmm. cheer me on and cheer those little spermies on every every time <laughs> and yeah, yeah so i feel very supported uh by the people i need support from yeah 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 say. wow that's amazing i'm so glad that you have people outside of your therapist that you can at least you know, chat with um, and get support with, with or to help you distract yourself, you know, that too, because mm. distractions are important too, a little bit, you know, not necessarily not dealing with our emotional, you know, roller coasters, but just having somebody to say, girl, come on out of the house, you know, let's go get some wine, yeah. you know, go get something to eat, you know, and um, so that's, I'm, I'm so glad you do have that support. That's, that's so important, so important. And so if you had, Anything, a word of advice or an encouragement to give another fertility friend who is thinking about possibly doing it on their own or if they're, you know, someone like me who's in a, in a relationship or something like that. Just anything that you would have to offer them. Hmm. I think there are a couple of things I would say. I would say, first of all, find people going through the same journey. Find people who are going through the same thing that you can talk to freely about and say things out loud that your pregnant friend or your friend who has kids might not understand or might not like to hear. Because if there's, if one thing that I have experienced is that sometimes this journey will bring out the worst in me. Not that I don't wish the best for other people. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the best for, for other people 
is directly linked to my greatest pain of being childless. So when, when I get those pregnancy announcements, I'm happy for them, but more than anything, it hurts. And that's painful to admit, but I think it's important to find someone that you can say that ish out loud to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it doesn't fester, so you don't have to carry that because it's part of the pain. So I think that's very important to find someone. If there's no one in your friend group going through the same thing, go look for them. Find a way to reach out to people because they're out there and they want to be found and they're probably looking for you too, you know, because I think it's such a tough journey and we all just want to, I think, um, talk to people where we recognize something within ourselves. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 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 And I think so that's, that's like, yeah, I think that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a very important for me, at least that's been very important to talk to someone who understands that journey. And I think another thing I would say is be gentle with yourself. Maybe don't, um, demand too much of yourself while, while you're going through this journey because it's, it's tough enough in, in and of itself. So maybe, uh, maybe lower your, your demands for other things in your life and just maybe allow yourself to rest more, allow yourself to, uh, relax and watch a movie or whatever. Just, you know, be kind to yourself. And also I would say, remember that you are more than this moment. You know, you are more than just this journey. You are more than your uterus. Mm -hmm. You are um, valuable and worthy and you have purpose and you are loved whether your journey ends with a baby or not, mm. you still matter. I think that's so important. You still matter. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, my dear, for giving us your time and um, just sharing so freely with us today uh, about your story and where you are now. And of course, you know, I got my fingers crossed for you. And Thank you. <laughs> I'm here if you need me. You know how to find me. And I just appreciate you for coming on and 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 uh, being brave enough to do so. Thank you. It's it's been a pleasure, and I hope that if I hope someone listens to this and 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 finds some sort of I don't know peace or or that they hear something that they needed to hear, I, I would be that would make me so happy. And thank you, friends, for giving us your ear and your time. And thank you for listening to Infertility and Me podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, friend, take a screenshot and let me know on Instagram and tag Infertility and Me Podcast. You can also reach me at infertilityandmepodcast.com with your questions, comments, and feedback. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.